Hey there, Women on Purpose. Welcome back to our podcast. Listen, we are switching it up today with our guest. It is my friend and brother. Yes, you heard me right. I said brother because there is a male in our midst today. And that is none other than Devon Dwayne Daniel. Devon loves to live life to the fullest. He encourages everyone to go beyond what they think or feel they can do to accomplish the things that they want to do. Devon is the father of two. He is a speaker. He is the author of the book, The Purposeful Parent, and he is an executive pastor. And today, Devon and I will be talking about living intentionally on purpose, both individually and as parents. So ladies, grab a drink, a snack, curl up on your couch, pull up to the table, turn up the volume in the car. It's time to chat. Today, I am joined by a close friend, a longtime friend that I have known, oh my gosh, I think since high school. It's been a while. We went to Bible school together, and this has been a great part of my life for some time. I'm so excited to invite him on to our show today. I know we are mixing it up because this is different. We, we usually interview women, but I thought it would be really good to have Devon on today, not just, of course, because he's a man and he can bring a different perspective, but because he is also very purpose-minded. He has a book titled The Purposeful Parent. He also has a website titled Purposeful Living Today. And so, like I said, he is very purpose-minded, and I thought it would be great for us to have him on and chat with him a little bit about purpose from his perspective. So, Devon, welcome to our Women on Purpose podcast. We are so excited that you were able to join us today. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, man, I'm honored to be the first guy on here. I mean, no pressure at all, but you know, I'm hey, just saying, I'm we here to cause anyone, but we called you D. So, <laughs> and I am honored. It's a privilege. No, in all seriousness, thank you. I'm really honored to be here. Honored to talk with you. and just, just really talk about purpose because, you know, life is nothing without purpose. So, Hey, we got to get it in. Yes, yes. And so can we start with how did you get to this discovery of purpose? How did you get to the point where you realized that purpose was central to who you are and who God was calling you to be? I looked at my entire life and what I love doing is helping other people. And what better way to help other people than to help them live their purpose? That's just where my heart is. As a pastor, I get to lead people to live their purpose and to do more than what they think they can do. So many times we limit ourselves and we limit ourselves by our abilities and what and our knowledge. But God is saying, hey, look, I know you can do that, but I want to help you do this on another level. And I believe my calling in this life is just to help people from all aspects of life reach their purpose and reach their goal. That's what makes my heart beat. That's what makes everything go. That's what makes me get up in the morning and do what I'm doing because it's all about purpose. It's all about purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I tell the story over and over and I can't remember if I've told it here before in terms of how I came to that understanding of purpose where one day at in Oklahoma, 
on my birthday, I accompanied a friend to a bookstore and I was just browsing and looking at books. And I picked up Miles Monroe's book, In Pursuit of Purpose. And my friend walked by and she said, do you want the book? I'll get it for you. Because she saw me kind of skimming through it. And I said, mm-hmm. sure. So she got it for me as a birthday gift. And I remember going home and reading the book. Mm-hmm. And that was like eye opening for me because I before that, I knew God created me. I knew I was to live to a certain point. I knew I was supposed to, you know, live a fulfilled life, but I didn't really know much about purpose. And when I read that book, In Pursuit of Purpose, it opened my eyes up to more. And ever since then, that kind of had shifted the way I viewed myself presently, but also my future. And so in terms of, you know, knowing that, listen, I'm, I'm here for more than just living happy, you know, living, Come having on. all the trappings of, the trappings of life and, you know, mm-hmm. um, enjoying things, but also that, that there was a greater purpose that God was calling me to something that like, just like you described that I wake up every day, happy and excited and passionate about pursuing. If we can help people to get there, it would change the way we live. It just will change the way we live, which is why I love that your website is titled Purposeful living today because if we can get to that mindset, right? That that this is not something, you know, you know, a couple of years down the line when we get to 50 or whatever, but this is something that we can live today, wherever you are, however age you are, that you can start living purposefully on purpose today. Yes. What what does it mean to you to live on purpose as a man? So this is a question I ask all the ladies when they come on. But mm-hmm. as a man, what does it mean for you to live on purpose? To live on purpose as a man, it means leadership. Being the leader. And the, a lot of households, as we've grown up, there's a lot of single moms because the dads are just not there. Something is missing. My heart goes out to single mothers. For real, my heart goes out to you because it is not easy. It is. It can be easy. It's impossible for it to be easy. Right. Me as a man and as a parent, especially, it's about leadership and stepping out and doing what I'm called to do so I can help other people do what they're called to do. I can't help somebody do what they're called to do if I don't do it myself. That's right. I can't wait until the waters are calm because as we all know, they're never calm enough. We can't wait until the perfect time because what? It's never perfect enough. It's about jumping. It's about going. Yes, you use wisdom. Yes, you pray about it, but don't over-spiritualize it. Yes. <laughs> you you, you got to <laughs> yes. go. You got to jump. You got to go. And I always say it's easier to guide a moving boulder than to push it and get it started. Mm, that's good. And so many times we're waiting for the perfect opportunity and waiting for this and waiting for that. And God is just saying, jump, go, step. Mm-hmm. Because in Proverbs, he said, he will guide you. Yes. Guide yes. means you're already walking. Yes. You're already doing something. And he's saying, okay, now go over here. Hey, pull back from that a little bit. But so many times we're afraid of being wrong. We're afraid of failing. We're, we're afraid of doing so many other things. We just, you got to jump. So I said all that to say, and part of leadership is jumping when you're an uncertain about how it will go. But the thing is, God is always there to guide you and direct you and to get you going on the right path. You acknowledge him and he will direct you. Again, direct you. Direct means you're already moving and he's telling you where to go. It's all about just going and doing what you got to do. And it's also about being the example. You have to be the example. My book, The Purposeful Parent, a lot of it is about if you want your child to fulfill their purpose, 
you got to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. How are you going to help them do it if you don't do it for yourself? And every parent is called to do more than be a parent. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. It may sound good and nice. I said, oh, I gave up on my dreams for my child because you're doing your child a disservice if you're putting your dreams on hold for them. That's it's good. really a disservice. That's good. That's good. Because it's it's no longer do we subscribe by this, do as I say, not as I do, right? Come right. On. That, that mm-hmm. just as you said, you know, that we are to model and be the example for one another and for our children. And I'm so happy you brought up the book because, so Devon has the book, The Purposeful Parent. In the book, he really talks about stepping behind, right? That there's a purpose, one, for you as a parent, but also an individual purpose that you have to set out and you don't have, they're not mutually exclusive, right? We still pursue both. And I love that because, you know, for so long, I think it was about, you know, just, just like you said, well, I gave up my dreams for my kids or I gave up, but then we weren't happy. We were bitter. You know, people were bitter. They were throwing it in their kids' faces. You did this, but you're not happy. So clearly it wasn't the thing, right? And so maybe it, it was what, what, what worked for you at the time. Okay. But even if that's what you did back then, it's still never too late to learn your purpose and kind of move forward in that. So I'm happy that now we're seeing people like you say, listen, you can do it. You can still fully be fully present as a parent and still pursue your purpose. And as a matter of fact, your kids need to see you do it. They need to see Mm -hmm. you move in that way. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just really happy about that. Talk to us more about what brought you to writing this book. Well, to write, what brought me to writing this book was I was going through a tough time in my life. I was going through my own, what felt like a wilderness at the time. And I was talking with a counselor, with a licensed professional counselor. And he said, and side note, yes, counselors are of God. Don't let anybody else tell you any different. Anyway, sorry, just wanted to plug that in there. I was talking with a counselor and I was dealing with some stuff. I was having a tough time. And he said, Devon, you need to take your mind off of something, off of this and just do something else. He said, he was like, you, you need to write a book. You need to, you need to something because you're really consumed. And I was like, well, write a book. And, and something on the inside just kind of sparked. And my mind was like, you cannot write a book. <laughs> that is not your strength. That is not your thing. But on the inside, I was like, it, it sparked something. Lo and behold, in about a month or two, my counselor, he actually started, he used me and he started a couple of his other clients and we started like a private group. And it was about, it started with about 12 of us and it ended up being about four of us at the end that actually published a book. It just came from that. That's how I wrote it. And then once I was praying about what to write about, I started seeing this trend of parents, especially moms, are like, they're just giving everything for their child and they're doing it. But the best thing you can do is do what you're called to do. That's the best thing. It's not about giving up. I mean, yes, when the child is first born, yes, they need more attention. They need more time. But we are called to raise our kids, not to coddle our kids or to baby them. That means they're supposed to leave the house. I mean, my kids are in seventh and sixth grade. 
Oh wow. my gosh, in less than a decade, <laughs> they will be out of here. That's the, supposed to be the goal in mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to do that. So guess what? When they are time to leave, I want them to know what living with their purpose and chasing their purpose and going after their purpose looks like. And the best way for them to know it is not through my words, but it's through my actions. They see me as an executive pastor. They see me help people. They see me as a father. They saw me when I was writing my book in the night. I'm tired, but I'm just writing it out. They see me as I'm writing the devotionals that I do sometimes. They see it. They see me following my purpose. Yeah. And that's it. That's that's all I want for them. So that that's what it is. What drove me to write the book was just setting a great example for my children. And helping other people, helping other parents Mm -hmm. set an example for their children. It's not okay just to live and be a parent. God made you for a purpose. You had a purpose before you were a parent. So just because you became a parent doesn't mean that it went away. Right. (laughs) You still have it and it's still there. So good, Dee. So good. You said something earlier that I want to come back to. You said we have to stop waiting until the waters are calm or for the perfect time because there will never be a perfect time. And I think for so many people, they delay and delay with all these excuses. Oh, it's not the right time. And of course, time is important. You know, we have all these things that sound good that we say. And then, of course, you know, this, the super spiritual one that I'm praying about it. I'm waiting on God. But you've been praying about it for 10 years. And God answered nine years and 11 months ago, you know, mm-hmm. and you still talking to him, you're waiting on him. He already mm-hmm. answered you. Mm-hmm. You are just delaying it. And I heard mm-hmm. a preacher say one time, he said, if the devil can't get a no, he will settle for not yet. So you might think, oh, well, you know, I'm just playing it safe. And the devil is fine with that. He is fine because you are not a threat. You're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But for so many people, the hardest thing, and I love that you gave that example of the boulder, because the hardest thing is just getting started. I remember when I knew I wanted to do the podcast, it was just so hard for me just to get started. And I said, Tana, you just need to do it. You can navigate the water later. You can make changes, but you just need to get started. And for some of us, we're not even drowning when we go out to sea. We just don't even want to get in the water. And if we would just move past that, then we will realize, you know, that the Lord is there to guide. Just like you say, it's easier. The hardest thing is just stepping. But once you you get out there, it's easier to guide the boulder than it is to start pushing it. I was praying last week in my devotional time. And I was just like, God, give me everything I need for this season. Give me everything I need to do, all the things that you're calling me to do in the season. And the Lord said to me, what do you think the last 36 years was about? You already have it in you. So we pray these prayers and we think they sound good and they sound whatever. But the Lord is like, what do you think I've been doing in you all the t- all along? I've been preparing you for this season. And so now you need to step up. Now you need to, you know, be bold, step out and do what I'm calling you to do and trust that I will be with you along the way. God is not calling us to anything that he's just going to leave us there. You know, I'm sure for you, just like you said, it's, it's, you were dealing with stuff. It's late in the night, you're writing, whatever, but God gave you everything you needed to complete the book, mm-hmm. to complete the book. Once you started the page and you just said 12 of you started, but only four of you ended up publishing, which is just 
wow, I just think, you know, and so I'm just so grateful to God for that you chose to continue to, to want to start it, but two, to continue even through, you know, our co-parenting and, and everything else, you know, your duties at church and at work and everything else that you were still able to just start it through and trust God. Because I think, I don't know if we think that God is going to leave us once we get started or I don't know what, what we think, but I think we allow fear to grip us to the point where we can't even get started. And once I got started with the podcast, I mean, God started blowing my mind, you know, and blessing it in ways I didn't imagine, but I had to get started. I had to get started. So what I love about Jesus and when he was talking about with the, when the fishermen and they came and he came walking up to him and then they were out all night, they were fishing, they didn't get nothing. They got Jack zero, nothing. And then Jesus, Jesus was preaching to the multitude. He got in the boat finish his message and then say, Hey, let's go back out into the deep. Yeah. He could have said, just drop it right there. Mm-hmm. He's Jesus, you know, but he said, go back out into the deep. Why going back out in the deep required more effort there. They had finished washing their nets. They were washing their nets when Jesus walked up. And if you do the research back then washing their nets, that was long and hard and, and, and they didn't feel like it. They didn't feel like it. Nobody ever feels like it. <laughs> when you know you jump out, you don't you stop waiting on your feeling. You, you you gonna feel you can feel whatever way you want to feel if you think about it long enough, you know. But he told him to go back out into the deep, and that's when he dropped the net. And so many times we're like, okay, I'm gonna put my toe in the water, and if it's too cold, I'm gonna jump back out. Mm-hmm. But really, you just gotta jump out into the yeah. deep. You gotta risk failure. When you know that God is with you, you know He will always be there to pick you up. We gotta jump out and we gotta do what what we know we gotta do. Because waiting and just saying, "But it's too cold." But I just finished this. Oh, I tried this already. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know somebody else that did this and mm-hmm. and it didn't work for them. And look, you can come out with as many as excuses as you can think of. But at the end of the day, when you stand before God, those excuses, they're not going to cut it. Yeah. I am mourning with the rest of the world, as I'm sure you are, of uh, Chadwick and um, AKA T'Challa. I think for a lot of us, we realized time is not as free as we think, right? But the other thing that that I kind of had to dispel and, and had conversations with some of my friends around as they're like, oh, but he lived such a short life. And I said, you know, we in our society, we put a lot of emphasis on quantity, right? If our books don't sell a certain number, if we don't have a certain number of followers, if we don't have this certain number of things, right? We put a lot of emphasis on quantity and not on quality. And I said to to someone, look at the quality of his life. Look at, you know, the the people that he's touched, the the mark he's left in our culture and in our society, right? Just Mm -hmm. in the time that we live. And we keep forgetting that God, that's why God don't fool us with us when we're like, God, we've been waiting for, you know, one month for this blessing. No, God is like, please, you've been waiting but but two seconds, you know, Mm -hmm. because God does not think in terms of quantity like like we do. And so we get so caught up in that, that we forget to celebrate the journey. We forget to be and to just do. 
But God, I don't have the following that such and such have. And so, you know, I can't step out. But God, I don't know if I write this book, if it's going to make the New York Times bestseller list the first time it hits, right? And we get caught up in that. And God is like, that is not who, that is not what I'm even asking you to do. I'm asking for your obedience and for you to let me define what success looks like because success is not quantified. It is not. And I wish we would stop it because it's really not. You have all these people with following, you have people producing stuff and it's trash. It's absolute trash and it does nothing to help anyone. And so we really need to get past this, looking at other people and get past this numbers, looking at at the number of things to put a value on things because we don't know. I've had people reach out to me to say, you know, how much this podcast has blessed. Someone called me just bawling the other day. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, because they, they listened to one of the episodes and it blessed them. And I'm like, oh, wow, God, this is what you were trying to do. So for me to say, but God, I'm not getting, you know, a thousand viewers a week. Maybe you didn't call me. That's foolish because God is up to something greater that can never be quantified. And I would, I really wish we will get past that one, but also I really wish we would learn to celebrate the steps of our journey. Yes. Because I think so much time we always looking for the next and trying to figure out what else and, you know, and and trying to compare just so many things clutter us. We don't get to celebrate each step. And one of the things for our Women on Purpose Creed, one line in it says that we are celebrators of purpose. So we mark every step of our journey as significant. So if you got started on something today, then you stop and celebrate. Don't be looking at the numbers to see where it's going or what's happening or how it's doing, but just stop and celebrate. Of course, you do want to check the numbers because it kind of helps guide you to see what people want, the analytics, that type of thing, you know, where to go, how to move forward, but don't allow that to guide you. God is is the ultimate guide. So all that, I know I, know I just went off on a whole tangent. No, you're good. You're this good. is you. This is not me. That's what I'm but you know, I, there, there's something that you said. I would say comparison is a killer. Mm. Comparison is a killer. Because here's the truth of the matter. Not every book is meant to be on the best-selling list. That's why it's called best-selling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so really, if you're stopping yourself because it may not be on the best-selling list, what's your real motive? Yeah. You yeah. got to ask yourself that. What's your real motive? Your because real motive? there are still a bunch of books out there that has helped me that has not been on the bestseller list. Yes. So does that mean that their book is not fruitful? No. I'm glad they did it. I mean, yes, I've read some that are, are are bestsellers, but I've read some that are not, but they've ministered to me. So they were they were fruitful to me. And a lot of the times the things that we do, it's fruitful to other people, but just because we don't see what the fruit of it doesn't mean that the fruit is not real. Yes. That person I called you balling. Yes. And they were just crying their eyes out. There's probably for everyone, there's probably maybe six or seven that just didn't call you. Exactly. But you know who knows? God. Yes. And he knows the fruit and he knows that. And he knows. And you know, one thing you may not know, however you help that person that called you, how that may help the other person that they may help. You may never know that, but who knows that? God knows. And it really goes back. Who are we comparing ourselves to? 
mm-hmm. you know, we, we can't, we have to stop comparing ourselves to people that we see. And we have to remember that we're serving the one we don't see. Yes. Yes. And that's what it is. That's, that's, that's what it's about in the long run. Yeah. D, how, how has this time been for you? So this time, you know, that we've had with the pandemic, of course, the shutdown and, you know, so many transitions with, with schools and the kids and that type of stuff, the way that we do church, I'm not sure how you guys are doing church now, but in terms of just the way that so many have had to do church have shifted, how has it shifted for you personally? For me personally, it's affected me in different ways. There was a time where I was dealing with missing people. Tana, you know, I'm a people person. I want to hug people. I want to. So there was a time where it first began. I was like, I literally miss touching people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that could sound kind of weird, but, you know, it's just like you miss the physical touch of people. And I was just kind of like, wow. But then, you know, there was a time where I jumped out into new things. As As I told you, I started writing for a devotional for our church and most of the time, I guess 99.9 of the devotionals are from me. So I've been writing about five devotionals a week since March. So I was looking at the number the other day, there's over a hundred that I wrote and it's just kind of like, wow. And I would have never thought that I could do that. Never thought. I would have never imagined in a million years, but that's when you have a good pastor that Mm -hmm. will just say, hey, Devon, just try. Let's let's see how it goes. And, you know, lo and behold, it was something that I was blessing other people, but it was also something that was filling me as well. Because as I was studying and researching what I was writing, you know, it was, I was being blessed by it, you know, and I write it. And for these, you got to write it so far in advance so that the people can edit it and grab the graphic and stuff. So by the time it actually hits my email, I'm reading it and I'm like, I wrote that? That's good. (laughs) You know, so it's been a blessing to me as well. Uh, So this time has been a time of expansion as well. Uh, Tomorrow, literally tomorrow, I'm starting to write my second book. The things have been going on. I was waiting for the right time. I got my outline done and I was just been praying the last 21 days or so. I've been praying. We've been doing 21 days of prayer at church. So I've been praying. I've been praying through that. And tomorrow, September 1st, I I call it, I'm going back in the lab and block putting on some blinders and just writing. And my goal, how we did it, the last book was you're responsible for writing 500 words a day, six days a week. So mm-hmm. 3,000 words a week. So, and that's just a goal. And you continue doing it until you're doing it until you're done. So I'm going back into that mode. So it's really been a time of expansion for me as well. And a time of growing roots as well, Grow, strengthening my roots and mm-hmm. just really knowing like who God is and reminding myself that he made me who I am, the way I am on purpose. Mm. On purpose. Sometimes we can fall into the thing of, well, I need to be more like this to Mm. be effective. I need to be more like that to be effective. And really, God has called you to be the exact person that you are. Even the little things like your style, your your likes, your dislikes. God knew what you were going to like. And guess what? He called you to be that person, not the other person that you think is more Mm -hmm. successful. So I have become more confident in just me being me and just liking what I like and not being unapologetic about it, (laughs) you know? And my word. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I guess, I think I answered your question five times, but yes, that's how it's it's affected me. (laughs) 
No, that's awesome. First of all, congratulations on writing again. Congratulations mm-hmm. on embarking on this new book. I think that's awesome. Do you have a title yet? Is there a sneak title you can sneak or so? No. The Purposeful Decision. Ooh, okay. Okay. The Purposeful Decision. Okay. And it, I don't know exact tagline yet, but okay. it is going to be about forgiveness mm. and how forgiveness is a decision. At the end of the day, forgiveness is a decision. Mm-hmm. We don't always feel like it. Faith is a decision as well, too. The Bible school we went to, Kenneth Hagin said, you got to turn the switch of faith on. When you turn a switch, you got to make a decision to flip that switch. It's a decision. Your feelings catch up to it later, you know, because you definitely, forgiveness is not one of those things that you feel like doing, (laughs) but it's a decision that we are actually commanded to do. That's good. We will look out for that. Yes, yes, yes. I think that'll definitely be a good read and, and, you know, one that's necessary for us. Because I also think, you know, with forgiveness, it's a decision, not that we can't do, we don't want to, because once we do it, we can no longer use that situation as a crutch or as an excuse, right? Exactly. And for a lot of us, the reason we can't forgive is not because it's too painful or because, you know, it's just egregious, but... It's just because we've gotten so accustomed to using the situation as a crutch mm-hmm. and forgiving requires us to let go of that and to no longer do that. One of the analogies I like to use is like you're holding on to a knife by the blade. It's cutting you. <laughs> and the more you hold on it, it's cutting you and you're bleeding. It's happening, but you're still choosing to hold on to it. Mm. You're still holding on to that wound. You can let go. This is personal experience when I say this. It's better to be honest with yourself and say, I don't want to forgive rather than saying, I can't forgive. Mm, That's good. Be honest with yourself and saying, this is where I am. You have to know where you are to get anywhere. Yeah. So if you can't be real with yourself and locate yourself and be like, okay, I just don't want to forgive. That's still better than saying I can't forgive. Yeah. This is coming from personal experience. This is not something that I read in a book. This is coming from my own life where Mm -hmm. I had to look myself in the mirror. You got to deal with this. Mm -hmm. You got to locate yourself Mm -hmm. and you got to take time. Sometimes it may take some counseling. Sometimes it may take some prayer because sometimes we're so hurt. We're so caught up in the pain that it's hard for us to be real with ourselves. But at the end of the day, it's still better for you to be honest with yourself on where you are especially in forgiveness, rather than saying, I can't forgive. Yeah. Because if God tells you to do it, that means you can. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It's not always easy, but it is possible. It is possible. You know, I, I love that you are being honest with where you are. Because a lot of times uh, as women, we think it's just us. We feel like you guys just let go of stuff and keep moving. You know, that stuff don't affect you. You have a heart or something happened and you just whatever. And you, and so I think it's refreshing hearing you as a man say, oh no, you know, that I am speaking from personal experience that I've had to look myself in the mirror and say to myself, you need to deal with this, you know, and and you need to make this decision. You know, when you talked about just learning to be me and be comfortable with that, because again, as women, you know, that that's, that's a a battle for a lot of us. Um, And because of all these competing things around us and, you know, these images of, of what we need to be, um, we struggle with that. So, and then we think, oh, 
men don't deal with that type of stuff. Like they don't have to worry about that. They just wake up and they are, right? (laughs) And so it's so refreshing to hear you say, no, I had to use this time to get comfortable with being me and being unapologetic with who I am, you know, and who God made me. So that's just so refreshing. So I just want to thank you for your honesty because I'm sure a lot of women out there are like, really, men do that too? We may deal with it differently Mm -hmm. because sometimes a man may be quiet. You just may be quiet and they're like, oh, well, how, how are you quiet when this happens? I would be crazy. I would be doing this. Number one, men and women deal with things differently. But then number two, people deal with things differently yeah. as a whole. Yeah. You know? So, you know, men deal with it too. It's just, they may not be as, they may not be as honest with themselves as they are. It's sometimes it's hard for a guy to be honest with himself. It took me counseling to go to, to do that, you know, and I, and I finally, and I finally got there and I'm still learning how to do that. Because it takes, as one of my counselors says, you know, you got to peel back the onion. You got to peel the onion. (laughs) There's layers. Mm -hmm. And most people don't know how to peel back the layers. Most don't. It's very intentional. Yes. And it's very painful. Yes. But it's so worth it. Mm. One one of my counselors said, humans by nature are pain-avoiding, pleasure-seeking creatures. Mm. By default, if they don't have any purpose or intention behind it, they will stick to avoiding the pain that they need to go through to become the healthy version of themselves. Dee, thank you so much for your transparency and just for such great conversation. I miss these conversations. Remember, we used to have tons of those yeah. when we were younger, no responsibility yeah. to be on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I forgot what that's like. <laughs> Yes. Responsible. You got to pay bills. You, you, you got to go to work. You, you, you mean, you know, I mean, the whole reality, if you don't work, you don't eat, you know, yep. hey, it ain't, yep. it's yep. a biblical truth. I mean, yep. hello. And, and you, I have, I have one hungry mouth open at me and you have two. So. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Do you have anything you want to say before we go? Any parting words to the audience? I will say for women, I felt I feel kind of like I didn't really address women as I spoke, but hopefully it did. And hopefully you were really blessed by it when you listen to this. But know that you're more than a mom. You're so much more than a mom. That person that you wanted to be before you became a mom is still there. It's still on the inside of you. God didn't take it away when you became a mom or for any guys here, you know, if listening, you, he didn't take it away when you became a parent. Yeah. You still have purpose. You still have dreams. You still have goals. You are still, you are still you. Yeah. I know for my children, the best thing, I don't necessarily want them to be a pastor. I don't want them to be an IT technician mm-hmm. like I am. I don't want them to do anything I did. I want them to follow the plan of God for their life. That's all I want them to do. Whatever it is, that's what I want them to do. So the best way for them to do that is for me to set the example by me doing it. So if you're a parent out there, just know and understand that your children are watching you. Mm. Every action, they're watching what you don't do. So you are a parent, but you're not just a parent. You're so much more. God has plans for you and he wants to do them through you. Yes. Yes. D, thank you so much. This was so good. You know, yes. great reminders. So timely. And I just, you know, I'm trusting and praying that 
someone listening is blessed and not just blessed because we hear stuff all the time. It's like, oh, that blessed me. Oh, that Mm -hmm. was good. And then we walk away, right? And just never actually do. But that, you know, my prayer is that we're not just hearers, but that we will do, we will step out, you know, step into whatever it is that God is calling us to do. And we will live purposefully today, right? Today. Not Mm. tomorrow or Mm. next week or next year or 10 years, but today, that we will live purposefully today. Thank you again, Dee. What great assurance, what great reminders we got from Devon today about how we can move forward and be intentional about living on purpose as individuals and as parents. I loved when he said it's easier to guide a moving boulder than to push it and get started. Listen, ladies, the hardest thing is always getting started, but you have to push your fear aside and just do it. Get started. And like Devon said, jump out there. Be willing to risk failures because a lot of times what we think is failure is not really failure at all at least not according to God's definition. So get started, jump out there. Girl, you got this. And most importantly, God's got you. If you would like to know more about Women on Purpose, please visit our website at womenonpurposeonline.com. And if you would like to learn more about Devon Daniel, please visit his website at devondaniel.com or purposefullivingtoday.com. Until next time, ladies, pursue purpose.